So today I thought we'd talk about sex. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, I'm glad to hear that you're enthusiastic about it. Oh, who wouldn't be enthusiastic to talk about sex? You want a you want a list? It's like <laughs> I think I could point out a few people, but um, culturally and globally around the world, is there a difference? Though I mean, this is a biological phenomenon that you're talking about. Well, there is, but I'm not really necessarily talking about where your mind might be going right now. <laughs> and you know, I say that just as a hypothetical statement because the truth is as a culturalist i know and i deeply believe but more than believe i know that there is a cultural aspect to this and it is fundamentally a cultural construct just as many things that we think are biologic are in fact not like race gender and i would say sex i'm sorry i nodded off <laughs> on that <laughs> Now, who Until else, you said could, sex, who and then else I woke could up. take such so. an interesting topic like sex <laughs> and put you to sleep with it? <laughs> but that is the first well aim, I mean, right? Please, to bed. And then... Well, I see. Well, there you go. That's it. It, we'll, we'll tie this all together in some year. So, as you can see, we're, we're much too frightened to actually talk about sex. So, we're beating around the... Well, we're beating around the subject. We're beating around uh, the bush. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Um, he stopped himself. It's the first time ever. Uh, that's maybe the first time ever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not soon enough, actually. No, 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 no. not quite. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> Go ahead, so, beat around the bush. Okay. Well, uh, isn't he out of office now? Um, <laughs> um, anyway, uh, once again, the person. Uh, Causing me grace discomfort right now is uh, is my good friend Dean Foster, who's here on culture, and will in fact be be uh, participating in sex culturally uh, during this podcast. Um, and then, <laughs> yeah, uh, so to speak. And um, and also with us is uh, and again laughing in the background is. Um, is Torn our producer? Hey, Torn. Hello. Um, <laughs> he's there. We can hear him. Um, he's also in studio. In studio, as we like to say. And he's going to look no up language at all. all sorts of fun facts about sex. Right. He's gonna. He's been doing that actually most of the day, and we've actually interrupted him doing that. <laughs> yes, I'm sorry. What? <laughs> <laughs> to get him to do this I'm on YouTube. podcast. <laughs> oh my God! How does they bend that? I'm doing research. <laughs> um, Half the people on computers use that excuse. Right, yes. And who are you? I was, oh, I'm Tom Peterson, the Dean's co-host here on this mess, and which is slowly sliding into the sewer as <laughs> as I speak. So, um, oops, your culture showing. It is again. Yeah, we may want to tuck it in. In this particular podcast, I think you want to tuck it in. Yeah. All right. Well, let's figure out how we do that. Okay. So. point there was that it is a cult, it is culturally determined it's not just a biological function yeah we, we got it on the first boring time through <laughs> so <laughs> just just reinforcing the boring uh, thank you thank statement. you very much it's we appreciate that um <laughs> here's an aspect of that that i want to introduce because we got a an email a question from a listener huh. uh, a, a, a woman who is um headed to brazil did she raise the question? No, I emailed her and asked. <laughs> oh, no, I mean, sorry, what I meant to say was, did she raise the issue of sex in Brazil? In a way, yes. Well, let's hear the question. Okay. Um, Before I presume anything. I think, I think that's a safe way to go here. Um, in, in this particular case, the woman said she was headed to Brazil for some business, but... She was going to stay a little longer, so her husband was accompanying her. And the two of them were going to, to Brazil. Now, the question she was asking about was in greeting people there, Brazilians, um, she was confused about the appropriate way for a woman 
to a woman, a woman to a man, and those types of things to 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 greet and and whether it's appropriate that she thought is there there's kissing is what she was asking about what she kind could... of kissing oh. and, and and do I actually kiss do I kiss the air do I do I kiss twice one on each side do I kiss three times w- was she concerned that this kissing would then lead to sex no <laughs> I'm taking it as a as a as a an aspect of the sex conversation because it could but it's highly unlikely unless there were other factors involved and i think that's that's kind of up to them and they're probably always up to the (laughs) it should always well it should always be the the cultural aspect of it is is probably there as well in this case we were talking i'm talking about it because you have sexes involved here men women genders genders and so what what is the appropriate thing to do in in these particular situations and in in countries that don't have the same um cultural aspects to them the idea of of kissing another person would be almost a their prelude to or or even almost an act of sex it would be that much different from what they are doing right so we're looking at it in that concept for the moment right and then we'll see well, where you know, we go I think from what, there I, I think that there's an aspect to greetings which then could have some sexual component to it. But I think what what we're really confusing here is 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 the sexual component with physicality. Because mm-hmm. yeah, certainly sex should be physical, right? Isn't it? Well, in uh, theory, yeah. <laughs> good sex certainly should. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm not arguing. Right, right. So... So then the question becomes, how physical do we get in something as innocent as greetings before it becomes sexual? Right. Yeah, and that's an interesting question, I think. Right. Oh, right? yeah. Right? Because there are some cultures that are um, more physically demonstrative. Right. And there are cultures on the other side of that spectrum that are obviously less so. Sure. And so that's going to re- those differences will reveal themselves in something as simple as what's a- appropriate greetings. In a physically demonstrative culture, the greetings become much more physical. Right. So in Brazil or in much of Latin America, not all of Latin America, but much of Latin America, Mm -hmm. um, these are much more physically demonstrative cultures, just like south of the Alps, Mediterranean culture in Europe Mm -hmm. is is typically more physically demonstrative than north of the Alps. Mm -hmm. I'm making some big regional generalizations here but um to make the point so therefore in greetings in mediterranean and latin american cultures we're going to have much more physicality men two men might greet each other with an abrazo in 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 portugal and in spain and and there may be uh you know a hug involved uh we may kind of like uh touch each other as we as we greet each other but if you go to the opposite side in east asian cultures where these are primarily non-touching cultures Mm -hmm. when we greet each other there isn't even a handshake traditionally of course today in east asia there is because they've learned western ways sure uh and if you're a western person in japan you will probably extend your hand they will extend their hand and there'll be a handshake and okay but traditionally it's a bow there's mm-hmm. no touching at all sure and then the rules change when genders enter into it what mm-hmm. happens between a man and a woman as opposed to a man and a man as opposed to a woman and a woman uh, it, but it's going to be much more physical in in physically demonstrative cultures, and less so in cultures like Japan, where or China, where it would be ap- actually uh, re- um, traditionally taboo to touch. Right. right, you don't touch a stranger in greeting. So to touch or not to touch. That is the question. There you go. Now, and to your point about at what point does it become sexual mm-hmm. is, is very interesting because I think. Gender roles and traditional approaches to gender roles right. determines that. So in cultures like Mediterranean cultures, more machismo cultures, um, men and women could be much more physical with each other, but not necessarily leading to anything sexual. It could if both were willing, mm-hmm. but it need not. Okay. And yet that kind of behavior would be in a culture, for example, like the U.S., 
interpreted as sexual and possibly unwanted sexual okay. approach, you mm-hmm. know, approaches. So mm-hmm. it's a very complicated question. And 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 I'm already I've, tired. And I, and I I'm kind of worked up. And actually. I'm I'm not in the mood for it right now. So we will. <laughs> When, but in in it, I'm worked up in an intellectually way. Uh, it, it, uh, I see. Well, purely to only around the, the to topic. Let me just move my chair over here, the, away from you a little. Um. No, we're making light of something which is very serious. And well, it could be. I asked. Well, we were trying to turn something which question. should be very light into something that's serious. <laughs> I think that I think that the key aspect right now that we're looking at is. Uh, this woman wants to know how many times is she supposed to air Oh, yeah, kiss let's answer her question. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so, Remember that? Uh, right. Oh, I sorry. love that question. Sorry. It would be terrible if she just gave us fodder for discussion and we never answered her question. And not unusual for us, actually. But, uh, okay. So, anyway. Bad she's, us. Bad she's, us. Uh, she's going to it. Let's, let's put her in business first because she's initially going to Is she traveling business. in business class? She's, yes. Yes, we've got her up in business class. Which, who should she be touching and not touching? Okay. Let's assume no one Well, there are class point. issues involved in that, Well, too. I'm sure there are, yeah. yes. But uh, let's get her already in Brazil. And she is is at a place of business. Well, it's complicated because <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> even the greeting changes depending on where in Brazil you are. Oh gosh, okay. So so all right, can you give me a rough idea of in the different areas what she might be doing? Well, as I understand it from my Palestano associates, yes. in other words, the people from Sao Paulo, mm-hmm. my my colleagues and friends there. Um, you, a woman to woman is going to have an air kiss, you know, mm-hmm. that's putting your cheek, cheek to cheek. Right. Uh, and that's common in many Latin based cultures. Yeah. Um, but in Sao Paulo, it's going to be the, 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 the two kisses. I believe that's correct. And in Rio de Janeiro, it's going to be the three kisses. Okay. Three air kisses. And in some parts of Brazil, there's a tradition where if you if you know the person that you're kissing is not married, uh-huh. you give them four air kisses. The fourth air kiss is a way of wishing them good luck in finding a partner. Okay. Because okay. you have to know a lot about that person in order to do that. I right? didn't know math was going to be involved. Oh, in math all of is this. very much involved. Yes. Okay, um, so now the Dutch, for example, they, the, in Amsterdam, it's three air kisses, uh-huh. and and that goes against the the, the generalization rule of a, 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 a colder, of less physical, higher, yeah. physical demonstrativeness as you yeah. go north. Yeah, sure. Uh, in Paris, it's two. Okay, right. Um, in Italy, it can be two or three. Uh, Again, okay. depending on okay. where. Hey, what do you feel like? Yeah. When, when um, all right. So uh, this woman is going up to you know in business. Is it is that similar or is that more social? So she's meeting other women. Well, the potential is there that she's going to meet other women. I guess she's concerned about both men and women in both uh, business and social settings. In f- more physically demonstrative cultures, even in a business meeting, even for the first time, mm-hmm. it is possible that the greeting between two women might still be the air kiss. Okay. Um, and we could still most likely, unless they're in Sao Paulo, to be three kisses. Two versus three. Sao Paulo, two. two. Rio de Janeiro or the Cariocas, people from Rio, Carioca, yeah. three. Three. Now, mm-hmm. is there, and I don't know if you know this or not, but is there... Uh, wait, am I not to know this? Is this anything cultural you're asking me? Yeah. Um... Am I not to know this? <laughs> Does the kissing start on one particular side? Oh, is it left to right, right to right, left? Exactly. Yeah, well, it's usually you go to the left of the person you're kissing. Okay. Because it's it's... If they do the same, then it's that. The, well, that's easier. what I'm thinking. It could be like a five car pile up here. But here's uh, the thing: because it is complicated, because it, there's the chance that 
in your business setting if you've never met before. It may right. be different from if you're meeting in a business setting, but you had met before. If this is the second meeting, yes. the likelihood of having that air kiss is greatly increased. I see. If it's between a woman and a man, it might not happen on the first or even the second meeting, depending on your roles and your relationships, but it might happen on the third. Okay. Even all of this in business. So the golden rule here is if you're visiting them, as is the case in this example, yes. she is going down to Brazil. Yes. Take your cue from how your colleague is behaving with you when you greet. Sure. Okay. Know these possibilities exist mm -hmm. so that if they were to lean in and appear to give you that air kiss, then you can reciprocate. Right. Uh, and then if they lean in again on the other side, mm -hmm. reciprocate. Be prepared right. for that, though. But she should don't be prepared. initiate. And just let the other person initiate each one of those moves. And you probably can tell, like most people can, whether they're moving to the right or left. Precisely. So you can, you can Precisely. react to it. And this is especially the case for, for different genders, for, mm -hmm. let's say, men and women. Okay, mm -hmm. so now you know the rules. You understand how things could possibly go in Brazil. Uh, I know that the listener who asked this question is a woman, but let's just hypothetical say that a man asked that same question yeah well n most definitely now i would say take your cue from the from the woman you're meeting mm -hmm. don't presume to immediately just because you're now in brazil right initiate an air kiss with her first time in a business setting that would probably be inappropriate okay but she may be comfortable and expecting that and if so because it is typically brazilian to to greet that way mm -hmm. she might then initiate that with you and if that happens then you reciprocate mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay right okay so um in a social setting in that would it be much more likely that that, that they would that the woman who asked the question it, that she should would get that kind of response is it, does it even if she hadn't met these people before um if she was being introduced to people more likely in a social situation than in a business yes, yes absolutely because okay. that, again that is the typical brazilian greeting it is going to be physically more demonstrative mm -hmm. between men and men it's the same okay. thing an embrace and abrazo in mexico and an embrace in brazil you know and that abrazo is like um a hand around the back and a pat on the back, mm -hmm. right? Okay. Um, there's, there's no air kissing typically involved, but right. but it's still a, a fit, much more physical greeting but than pulling the typical close to, U.S. Close American together in that, yeah. Now, right. that, that's certainly more common in the U.S. now than it's probably ever been, but it is not, not anywhere near what you would say is typical. It's in the not United typical. States. It's not classic. Especially, it's especially not with people that they who have never met before. Right. It's, right. That's very. It's rare, actually, for for yeah. people who've I, never met. Before. I remember one time, actually, I was going down to Sao Paulo, and it was mm -hmm. my first time in Sao Paulo. Yeah, and um, I was to meet my colleague, who was going to meet me in the airport when I stepped off the plane, and he okay. was holding a sign with my name on it, so I would know that I would that I would see him. Right, uh, because I'd never met him before. Right, and um, I was expecting a Brazilian. So, from what I knew about Brazilian culture, I was prepared for an abraço. With this with this gentleman, yeah, right. Um, and as I'm walking down the plane into the into the terminal, I see this guy holding a sign with my name on it, but he's Japanese, mm. clearly a Japanese mm. fellow. And so, even though as a culturalist I understood what was going on, I was initially now questioning how should I behave because right. when you look at the data. Japanese behavior between two people who don't know each other, never met before, in a business interaction mm -hmm. between two guys, it's not going to be a typical Brazilian greeting. Right. It's going right. to be a typical Japanese greeting, which would be just the opposite. Right. Non-touching. So now my question was, as I'm walking up to him, what do I do? Yeah. yeah. Do I treat him as a Japanese fellow or do I treat him as a Brazilian fellow? And why is this dilemma happening at all? Right. right. So as I walk up to him, he drops the sign and reaches over and gives me a big abrazo. Uh-huh. Right. Uh -huh. And he's behaving in classic Brazilian ways. And of course, because the largest expatriate population of Japanese is in Sao Paulo, Brazil. Huh. Around the world. Huh. 
Because back in the 19th century, there was a lot of immigration from Japan to into Brazil to build the railroads, essentially. Ah, okay. They needed mm -hmm. workers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So even today, we have a huge Japanese population in Sao Paulo. So he's Brazilian. He just yeah. has of Japanese descent. Right. And right. his behavior was classically Brazilian. Okay. Huh. So I took my cue from what happened. Sure. And, but, and you weren't surprised by it. It's, it's the woman who wrote in. I would have been surprised had I not known about the typical ways it could have gone. And of course. And hopefully we've explained for the listener how it, how it might go. Right. But she's got to be prepared for maybe, maybe her colleagues not wanting to do it that way. Yes, yes. Because they are in a business setting and they've never met before. Right. But socially, yes, it would be much more likely. And would it be most likely that if the person, if the if it was a business uh, person who was uh, female, and she was that she was meeting, and uh, or at least one of them, is it possible that woman could extend her hand out to her to shake hands. It's possible, as opposed to any of the kissing. Yes, it's possible, and that would be your indication that we're not going to do the Brazilian thing here we're just until we get this. to know each right. other. We're doing business. Yeah, That's but over, it. but when we meet again tonight for dinner after the meeting, yes, it, it'll be different. Sure. And once some alcohol goes between the lips, it's very different. And it would also be possible that if they had another meeting, or she went back again and met her in Brazil again. That at that time it could be different too. That's right. Okay, I'm I'm pretty certain that by the second meeting it would be different and much more traditionally Brazilian. Right. Actually, this subject could probably use a break right now. So why don't we take one? While listening to this, you may think, "Hey, you know, I wonder." Well, if you have a question like that and want to ask us, there's a couple of ways you can do it. One would be through email, which is oopscultureshow at gmail.com. That's O-O-P-S, cultureshow at gmail.com. And then there's also our handle on Twitter, which is oopscultureshow. That's O-O-P-S, cultureshow. I know, I know. It's not original, but, but it works. Okay. And the interesting thing, taking the opposite culture like Japan, as I was using that as an example, um, part of that formality and that not touching, you know, is because we're in a um, a business setting uh -huh. during the day. But once we socialize at night and some sake passes the lips, uh -huh. we get very physical. Okay. And by the end of the night, we're kind of hanging on each other. You know? Right. <laughs> so let's jump across around the world here and land in, in Japan. And say that, okay, in those situations, then you suddenly got what seemed to be a relatively um, separate organization of people. And now the sake and, and, and the familiarity is there might be read very differently by, an, by someone from the United States going to Japan. And really, they could potentially be very surprised by it. Well, yes. again, it, now, to, to be specific, and this is why cultures can be so complicated in Japan, it w this conviviality and physicality will be demonstrated between men and men, mm -hmm. but still uh, not necessarily between men and women. Not so much with men and women. Yeah. Okay. There, there is a, just a, particularly men and women who have come together be, for fundamentally business purposes. Okay. Uh-huh. Right? All right. I mean, who's to say about individuals, right? Right. We can right, right. leave people alone. Well, that's sort of they, the they can go off into the corner, and that's right. that's up to them. But right. But in general, that kind of behavior, <laughs> uh, and you'll see that. I think a clearer example of that is the Middle East, uh -huh. um, where you have um, the prohibition against any kind of physical touching uh -huh. between men and women. Uh huh. Okay. Right. But the expression of greetings particularly between within the same gender, between people who know each other, can be significantly physical. Okay. All right? So two no. men who know each other, who are kind of buddies or colleagues or friends, will walk down the street and hold hands with each other. Yeah. Um, and two women will walk arm in arm down the street. And this is not an unusual sight. This is very typical right. in many Arab cultures. Okay. Um but uh, the expression of physicality between the genders yeah. in public. Yeah. So even if a man meets a woman uh, in business in, let's say, an Arab culture, in, in Gulf Arabia, for example, um, if he's meeting her, th there isn't going to be traditional greeting would not involve touching 
or even a handshake. Okay. So you would just put your right hand up to your heart and, uh-huh. and kind of acknowledge the other person. Like palm it, onto the heart. It, it's a kind of a medi- kind of mediated salam. Mm-hmm. The traditional salam is more elaborate, but mm-hmm. this is a more abbreviated version of it, but okay. a more modernized version. But but there's still no touching. And Now, the woman might extend her hand to the man. Mm-hmm. The man should never extend his hand to the woman under these circumstances. So always wait on those yes, situations. Right. But she may be... Uh, for many reasons, willing to extend her hand to the man. Mm-hmm. Uh, she may, first of all, herself be a more westernized woman. Right, okay. Not a traditional woman in, in the region. Um, so she may be comfortable doing that. Uh, she may understand that western men don't understand that they don't touch, so to make him feel comfortable, mm. and it's if it's not a problem for her, she might extend her hand as well. Okay. There could be any number of reasons. Point is, you wait in that culture to be invited to make that physical touch sure in a handshake sure right and this is by the way not only traditional arab behavior this can occur between uh traditionally devout jews Mm -hmm. you know orthodox jewish women don't extend their hand to other men okay in public right right so what does this all have to do with sex well Oh, you're on to me, I see. Um, well, but it does, like I was talking about before, it also can be, you mentioned it and, and I mentioned it about the idea of how do people perceive it, because it's all perception anyway, and how do people perceive what's going on. In certain instances, you could potentially, like I said, from the United States, you can you could go to a place, let's say Brazil or or even Japan with in the when you're out at the bar after work is over. And people are doing um, certain things, and there's and there's contact that you might not expect. Um, it could be perceived as sexual, and it might not be. Am I correct with that? Absolutely. Or, okay. And it might not be, but then again, it might be. But it might be. It, it might be. So, is that a dilemma that the cultural world can uh, can help with? Or well, is that I a... think we can help establish what traditional baselines have been. Sure. But these things are changing. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. they're very dynamic. So, uh, you know. I think there is a certain gray area where everybody involved is a little uncertain. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the the traditional little, traditional machismo behavior of a man um, could be interpreted by the woman as unwarranted sexual advancement, mm-hmm. right? Um, but he may see it as being kind of gallant and respectful of her sexuality. Looking through the filters of their cultures. Yeah, and, and that's that's complicated, right? Sure. That's complicated. Sure. That and not to be used as an excuse for anything that's unwanted. Right. Right. But nevertheless that kind of misunderstanding could be at the basis of it. Okay. All right. Very good. The um so in that case, let me jump to nudity. <laughs> um <laughs> do, not me is, personally. Is, don't we right now don't. um <laughs> Don't, don't, we, don't we typically jump to nudity <laughs> at, 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 at any at any possibility, right? I mean, it, it jump for. I mean, if, it, if you're it's, anything, it's if, a preposition time. Are we jumping for nudity? Preposition time. It's, it's grammar time. Grammar time. Everybody loves grammar time. If you're anything like me, I jump to nudity whenever possible. <laughs> well, okay, you're so lucky. This is not a visual podcast. Um, wait wait till we get to television. Right, television? Right. Well, that's an old reference. We, yeah. Wait, wait till the video wait, comes wait out. Wait till we go here. to screens. We, we will... Uh, <laughs> you can... And streaming, screaming, it'll be. Um, at any rate, we are... Um, <laughs> We're nude here. Now. Yeah, I'm jumping that's to nudity. Because... Um, <laughs> You wanted me to, uh, you know, if we're going to go for it here, let's go for it. What about nudity? Well, because What's in some places, piece to that? What well, you... there's a very definite cultural piece, I believe. You're the expert, so you can put me in my place. Um, but I'm seeing that that in in I think very diverse types of of cultures, which would otherwise seem not tied together as tightly, the their approach to nudity can be similar. In, in it. It can be looked at as something that is not, human nudity is not a big deal. It is is a much more... It's usually a great disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> Man, put your clothes back on, please. Not a big deal. 
it's a um, it's it may be why if anybody who tuned into our last podcast, it may be why the um, the long nights in the northern areas are a uh, a benefit for nudity um, because you can't see as well. Um, but but regardless of the of the reason or, or the, the 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 view you get when uh, a person the is view nude, you get. Um, look, I'm, tr- I'm I'm tiptoeing through the tulips here. All right. Um, <laughs> If uh, I know that in Sweden, for instance, the view of nudity is 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 much more liberal than it would be, let's say, well, much more. It's more liberal. Well, how than it is, is that expressed? How do you? They can use nudity in in uh, different types of things. They can use it in advertising. They can use it in different forms that it doesn't. It is not as shocking as it is in many other cultures. Oh, like you know, get nude in the sauna together. It could be that. Uh-huh. It, it, uh-huh. It um it can which be that can which can happen right it, sure and it can also be that a person um might feel very comfortable regardless of who's in their home um if they have been um bathing or in the shower or something like that and come back out they're not as worried about covering themselves up and that kind of thing and it's not because they're ah to be a delivery man in Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> Well, as we've talked about before, Sweden's a very nice-looking country also, so we'll, we'll give them a lot of... Uh... <laughs> Ding-dong, cable man. <laughs> yes. I think I saw that movie. Um... <laughs> I'm picking on Sweden here because, um, because I'm familiar with it through people I know who are Swedish, and I know quite a few people who are Swedish, and they have given me stories of kind of conflicts of cultures when when that has happened. And mm-hmm. um, uh, in this particular case, it was between Sweden and the United States. Familiarity with the human body being so much easier for them than it is in the United States, generally speaking, that we look at that as something that is only for private and not for, for people to see. At least at least that's the way we we deliver it in our in our overall in our culture. We being U.S. In, 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 in this case, since uh-huh. I am from the U.S., the United States, yes, and and whereas in Sweden it's a much more open feel. At least again, generally, I'm speaking. Is it an generally. open feel? Well, <laughs> it's <laughs> that was Dean Foster. <laughs> um, oh, that was Tom Peterson. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, okay. Again, through our own filters, right? It's um, um, <laughs> please filter this, whatever you do. Um, at any rate, it's it, and yet I'm not talking anything obscene. I'm not talking about it from from the viewpoint of the people participating. But here is a land that is not, and it's not alone. That's not. Um, it's not a warm weather. It certainly it has a stretch of warm weather, but only seasonally and not very long seasons. And it has a lot of cold weather, so it's not something where the the wearing of clothes is is cumbersome. It's necessary and needed, and but and yet the attitude is the thing that is making the difference. It appears to me, anyway. So I don't know. It, you tell me. Is can that there are other other cultures where. Um, the wearing of clothing is not as big a deal. The, maybe that's not the thing. Is it's more the appearance of the naked body or portions of the naked body are not as uh, impactful to others. Um, certainly not in negative ways, in in ways that are shocking or upsetting. Um, and but I'm, I'm thinking a lot of them are going to be more warmer weather countries. Is is that correct? Mm. I, you know, I, I would be careful about associating these different kind of cultural behaviors with weather mm-hmm. uh, only, although that's probably a significant piece to it. Yeah, right? okay. Mm-hmm. Um, because there are a lot of very conservative cultures when it comes to nudity and sure. and, and, um, and the expression of the human body mm-hmm. um, in warm weather locations. Mm-hmm. So... Mm-hmm. I think, for example, of a lot of Caribbean cultures are fundamentally, when you get off the tourist beach, yeah, right, are fundamentally very conservative, mm-hmm. and one has to dress very conservatively. Mm-hmm. And these are very much warm weather. Sure. Right? So there there are aspects to that. Yes, I mean, if it's warm, you can take off your clothes. Uh, there's more of a likelihood that you're going to well, wear less. It. And I think that's sort of what I'm talking it, about. Than right. Than in a cold, but, but, I, but it's I think... It's easier to conceive of the idea that people 
wear less clothing and are more used to that right. in a warmer weather climate right. than in a cold weather but climate. But I think w- when you go beyond that initial first ex- explanation, um, then, then it gets complicated. Then I, there are other factors that I think are, are much more profound. I think, for example, in the, um, in the example you gave about Sweden and the United States, the U.S., it actually fundamentally becomes a religious tradition. It goes back to religious traditions. Mm-hmm. Okay. The U, a very, very strong element of fundamental U.S. culture is a Puritan prudishness when it comes to the human body. And that goes back to the quote unquote founding fathers and and the pilgrims and the Puritan um, interpretation of Christianity that they were bringing with them uh, when they came to the United, what would be then become the United States. And I think the, the U.S. has always struggled with this issue. There's always this mm-hmm. questioning going mm-hmm. on, you know, about. Uh, uh, about the the expression of sexuality and the human body and and even today you see it in the headlines you see it in the discussions and the and the controversy around uh, around the degree to which children should be taught about these things, the degree to which sex should be discussed in right. schools, right. the degree to which women should have a right over their own bodies, you know, these kinds of things. These discussions happen in the U.S. a lot. They don't happen a lot in other places right? Okay. Uh, that don't have this same very Puritan vein uh, going back to its right. founding. At the same time, the U.S. also has countervailing um, uh, perceptions of of of, uh, of the human body and sexuality mm-hmm. that are perhaps exist because the prohibitions against being able to act so naturally around it have been so historically strong mm-hmm. that that in reaction to that we've had examples in U.S. culture where we go. As just just as extreme in the opposite direction. Yep. Okay. And and, and for example, going back to the '60s, that whole um, sexual revolution right. and and the whole idea of the summer of love and 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 the expression of Woodstock and and mm-hmm. running around nude and and free sex and all of that. That was a reaction to the very repressive decade that came just before the '50s. Right, yes, which was an expression of the that prudish. Puritan aspect of U.S. culture. So in the U.S., we have these, oftentimes, this conflict between these two extremes when it comes to issues of of yes. sex mm-hmm. um, and physicality. I don't think you have those extremes in in a place that values moderation and reason, like Sweden. Sure. And and so it, all throughout Europe, there's a much more relaxed approach. Uh, ah, to, now we're getting to the point that I'm. I think I was trying to get to before. Um, the, the idea of it, when we're, if I'm introducing this with sex, but my, my point being nudity does not equal sex unless you make it equal sex, which is what is often takes place when you have more, uh, conservative countries. So the Renaissance didn't happen in, in Nebraska. The Renaissance happened in Italy. Right, right, and and the celebration of the cl- the classic Greek celebration of the human body, mm-hmm. and the re celebration of that through the Renaissance, yes, happened in Europe. Yes. You know, so you know, you you have Delacroix's great painting of liberty leading right. the people. You know, and and it suddenly appeared on the currency of France, but liberty is there with half of her breasts exposed to right. all of the people. Right, and. It didn't turn into a sex-frenzied mob. Right. It turned into a mob that was looking for liberty and political justice. Right, right. But, right. but in Washington, D.C., in the Rotunda, they had to cover up the statues. Uh, under the, the one Roman statues, yes. Because they, because they were nude. Right. So is there a cultural element to sexuality? And, and Yes, ab- absolutely. Yeah. I, think, I just think that there are, there's people going to, let's say, vacation. And they're going to places, and there are places with nude beaches, and and the concept there can be there. There is a liberal aspect toward sex itself, and I, I, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think in a culture that that allows that on a regular basis 
that that is something that is uh, necessarily so, that it's more likely not. I think to your point, Tom, in cultures where, like in the Mediterranean culture, the south of France, along the coast of Spain, in, in Italy, the, yes, there'll be sections of beach that are, that are nude, and that's been part of the culture because there hasn't been this um, very dramatic, extreme reaction to, uh, to sexuality and the human body. Mm-hmm. It, it's been much more relaxed. It's mm-hmm. been accepted. Uh, you can be nude. You can sunbathe. We're here to sunbathe. We're not here to have sex. Mm-hmm. Right? But for someone who has been denied the opportunity to experience that, right. seeing all of these nude bodies on a beach could immediately become associated with a prelude to sex. And a freedom and, to do so, which, which is not necessarily correct at all. It's not correct. And, and, and we, we see that not only with Americans, let's say, coming to the new beaches of France, mm-hmm. but we see that to any new visitor who's coming from a culture where sexuality has been either repressed or not expressed in a more liberal fashion, mm-hmm. uh, more naturally, um, if we have visitors from the Middle East going to that region first of all they may be shocked but then if they get beyond the shock they may see this as as and interpret it Mm. as a uh, sexually licentious kind of behavior it's not Mm -hmm. it's that we want to lay in the sun and get all of the body tanned right not just a few parts right right and and that's all it means and that's basically it and that's it yeah you know, even in the middle of this kind of talk, uh, a break would be a good thing to do. Probably even more so. Just want to bother you one last time to say we could really use your help by subscribing to the podcast. This makes it just easier for you to get the podcast. They'll pop up for you whenever they're released. So you can listen to them on your phone or your computer or however you listen to them. And it's easy to get, too. Just subscribe using iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from. It really isn't hard, and we could really use your support. So from all of us here at Oops, Your Culture Showing, thanks. Let me just take it in another direction here. In the United States right now, um, there is an enlightenment, hopefully, that that continues to the concept of... Uh, of um, uh, of the gay lifestyle of of men and women m- men with men women with women and so forth in other parts of the world this is already accepted as as a much more common um, way of life and in other parts of the world it is not really even, not even recognized as existing and if it is recognized as recognized as sinful or criminal right right so it's <laughs> where how do you know that when you are when you're heading out to to be around, because if you're a person who comes from that lifestyle and you are living that lifestyle in the United States, and hopefully you're living it comfortably, and you go to someplace where that is not looked at as appropriate, or even or even worse, as you're saying, perhaps illegal, um, you it, what what are the things that you need to know? Basically, what is the cultural aspect? You know, of that? this is a complicated question yeah. on the one hand, and then it's a really simple. And you're question the big cheese here, and that's why I'm dropping it. Ah, uh, you know, I it, it's fundamentally it it it's the same kind of question around any kind of cultural attitude that you cannot subscribe to, mm-hmm. right? Um, if you believe that that behaving in a way that the culture that I am about to visit is going to cause me distress or is unethical or is not right, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. you can't change them. Mm -hmm. The only thing you can do is manage that issue. And maybe managing that issue may ultimately mean don't go. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So I think fundamentally, if you're going into a region, if you're gay and you're going into a culture where, um, this is viewed as something criminal or sinful. Mm-hmm. You have a fundamental re- responsibility to know what the attitude is, and mm-hmm. you're going to want to know what that attitude is before you go. And you're going to have to make a decision as to whether or not you want to put yourself in harm's way. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is is now there... that is not to say that their their approach is correct. Right. In fact, it may be very, very, very incorrect. 
Sure. Uh, but your personal ability to change that is almost non-existent. Right. Right. And if if I mean you mentioned earlier that the like in the Middle East you may see um men walking down the sidewalk holding hands. That's right. And and women with their arms interlinked or or, or on wrapped around them arm perhaps. And arm. Yeah. yeah. And and so as they go down the street now it is could it be it's possible that you could that could be a mixed message to a person let's say from the United States in this case who might be um living a lifestyle where they've been they they find that, that with their partner that they are going to show physical uh touching and things like that in public right and feel comfortable with it and and now they see this and they think oh okay is this is this okay then but it's just not okay right yeah you're talking about the phenomenon of looking at a behavior that gets interpreted two different ways in two different cultures but sure. it's the same behavior yeah yeah, and, and that's that's very interesting. You see that with hand gestures all over. Right? Uh-huh. So uh, I could give the V for victory sign. Uh, no, better example. I could give like an OK sign. Right. Which right. is which is the the first finger to the thumb making a circle. Right. Yes. And in the U.S., this means OK, but yes. in Brazil, it means very much not OK. No. Right? No. So two men walking down the street in the Middle East does not typically indicate any kind of romantic relationship Mm -hmm. um it's simply friends or two guys who trust each other Mm -hmm. or or more like brother right right Uh, in the symbolic sense of the word Mm -hmm. Uh, i I remember walking down i'm I'm in cairo and i needed directions to the souk there's Mm -hmm. this big souk in cairo that it you want to go to marketplace it's a marketplace right and i didn't quite know how to get there so i stopped a shopkeeper along the way and i asked him please could you direct me to the souk well because he knew that i was a a westerner and not familiar with where i was he was a very fine gentleman he felt obligated to take care of me Mm -hmm. and so not only was he going to tell me where the souk was but he was going to take me there yeah Okay. And so he takes me hand in hand and we're walking down the street. Yeah. In the direction where he believes the souk is. By the way, he didn't know where the souk was either. But <laughs> but 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 the sense of obligation is very strong uh-huh. in this culture. Okay. And and it was important huh. for him to try his best to help me. And the the two of us did the best and we finally found it together. But he was holding my hand all along, all along the way. Yeah. Now, I could have interpreted that as meaning something very different right. coming from the United States. Right. But it doesn't. Right. It, it was, it, it, but it might have been. It might have. Yes. Right? And no doubt, two gay guys in, in, in Egypt do show affection, holding hands. Sure. But they're not going to do it in in, they're not going to be that affectionate where it's obviously more than just two guys holding hands walking down the street right because that because that would be that would be taboo in, and in, in fact in most in of that area there would be public displays of affection would be not common am i right between the genders yes okay but I'm sorry, within the same genders, between the same genders, yes. Between different gender, no. Right. Okay. So they, you would, but by public displays of affection, I'll take it from a United States perspective. My point is, is there, is there a gay lifestyle in Egypt and in these places where, where that kind of expression of public affection more than just the two buddies holding hands Mm -hmm. is allowed? No, it's not allowed. Does it exist? Of course it exists. Right. It's human, yes. The um, okay. In from those of you who have listened right along here to our podcast, you you probably know that Torin spent two years in the Peace Corps in Jordan, in the country of Jordan, in the middle in Middle East. And um, um, Torin, when you were in in Jordan for that period of time and got to know people around there, did you see this kind of displays of affection of or or just hand holding basically? Uh, as a common thing along the uh, along the area, you were living in a small yes. town most yeah. of the time. Yeah, very much so. In fact, so and be, so uh, uh, Torrance, let me jump in. Being in a small town is probably, I'm going to assume, is even more conservative than in you know the big city of Amman. For sure, yes, much more, much more conservative. Um, and so, yes, within the same gender as as Dean was saying, there is certainly a lot of that you know, public aff- 
affection of holding hands and, and doing air kissing, as we were talking about before. Um, I was teaching English in a small, you know, I lived in a small village, and so there was a, a small school just for boys because the genders were, were segregated. So it was a school for boys, school for girls. I was in the school for boys. And uh, so I was going there to teach every day, and I would uh, be seeing the other 20 teachers at the school every day, the other male teachers, and I'd walk into the teacher's lounge. And when I first got there, I would just sort of, you know, give a wave to everyone in the room, say, hi, you know, how are you all doing in Arabic? And that would pretty much be it. And I was informed pretty quickly by some friends that um, it would really be appreciated if I made more of an effort when I first entered the Enter the room to go around and individually uh, say hello to to the te- to each teacher, um, and that usually involved you know shaking hands or more often uh, air kissing and patting on the back and and very you know, um, uh, f- clear <laughs> public displays of affection, uh, which was which was interesting for me given that I'm not a morning person. This was in the morning, so I'm not a morning person, and I'm very much an introvert. So my natural you know place uh, growing up in in the United States uh, is to, you know, sort of grunt and say, "Uh, how are you doing in the morning if I'm saying hello to someone? So this is very different for me to go to each individual person and and give that big greeting. And and I just, you know, got used to doing that um, because that was, that was the culture that was to be, to be expected. And that's what everyone else did. So I just jumped right in and did that. Okay. Did it make you feel uncomfortable or did, did... At first very much. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh It took, it took a little bit of getting used to, um, but it, it's interesting you ask that because I would say I was there for two years, and I would say by about eight months in, it took a little while, but about eight months in, I was very comfortable with it, and I even looked forward to it. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Because I, I appreciated it for what it was, which was, um, uh, speaking of appreciating, really appreciating one another's presence, right? And the fact that we had this opportunity to see each other, and, and especially uh, with those with those teachers that I was became closer and closer with. Um, I look forward to seeing the, the two air kisses become three, become four, become five. And that showed me that our relationship was growing over time. And that was nice to see. And th- yeah. You know, and the, that's a wonderful story, Torin, because the physical demonstration of the relationship through all of that physicality is just one aspect of, I think, the deeper issue, which is that in these cultures, you've got to establish relationships with these folks. Mm. You can't just walk into a room and give an American, a U.S. American hi and be done with it. Group hello. Uh, Group hello. You know, that's just, it's not going to fly. It's almost insulting because, Mm -hmm. because it's almost taken as an intentional refusal to do what is required Mm. to honor the other person, to, to say hello to them. And you see this, uh, you know, in much of Africa, for example, if you're in a small town, a small village in rural Africa, let's say, or in India, in, in lots of rural places, you can't, you walk up to somebody who you, you, you get into a conversation with, it's not just acknowledging them. Uh, you have to inquire about the family, about the, mm-hmm. about the children, mm-hmm. not necessarily about the partner, but the family, mm-hmm. because a man inquiring about another man's partner may have all sorts of other implications. Um, but you inquire about the family, you inquire about the children, you inquire about the, the livestock, the goats, the cows, the ancestors, mm-hmm. the uncles and aunts and that are that are that are living with them and and the greeting can be very extensive and if you leave anybody out it gets noticed mm-hmm. and it's mm. going to be commented on later on mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. And, and, and in jordan it was yeah it was how is your health how is your family right all those were said um each time I spoke with someone. Right? Yeah, and, and so to your point, I think the physicality um, part of it, the need for the embrace, for the for the kisses, that's just another way of expressing that much deeper issue of inquiring in order to ensure the relationship, which you take the other extreme, like the U.S. It's like if we if we meet each other, it's like, hi, in the group wave, hi, how you doing? With the with people no that meaning. we know, yes, and and people that we don't know, we don't even necessarily acknowledge, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, you, you know, when 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 I said we were going to talk about sex, I was I was prepared to 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 be like silly and stupid and. <laughs> well, but to your point here, I mean, there's you know, there's an aspect of sex that has nothing to do with relationship. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you, mean, yeah. You, can, you can have sex without relationships. Oh, absolutely. And that's a whole area of where cultures that accept that more or accept it less. Am I right? Right. Okay. Right. Well, that's another podcast. Well, but that's part of this <laughs> one, I think. <laughs> well, it would be, but not today. Because <laughs> instead of going stupid and silly like I was kind of hoping we would... Um, you guys turned it into an intelligent uh, conversation and really ruined everything. But um, we we took sex and turned it into one of the most boring things oh, you could ever God, talk about. Drained everything right? out of it. We, we possibly that? could. It's never good to drain things. And never mind. Well, you're, you're um, still nude, so that's kind of. Like, I did. I, I did go nude for us. Um, so there you go. But that's, then the first thing we said about that was maybe put your clothes back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's true. Well, and that was pretty silly and stupid in the first place. So there you go. I fulfilled my own uh, destiny, I guess, with that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Look, so here's what I think, listeners, here's what you should do. You should all, here's a little exercise that I think would be appropriate. Um, You should all go home and, and if you're not home now, and if you are, go go in front of a full length mirror and take all your clothes off. And look at yourself and say, am I embarrassed by this? <laughs> and and if you are not, then you're a culturally wise human being at that point. Um, you shouldn't be. <laughs> and, yeah, because you should not be. <laughs> accept it as it is. Absolutely. Yes, right. Because you all, aren't. You're wonderful. With, you're beautiful as you are. You bet you are. All of our listeners are. Ab- oh, of course they are. So send in your pictures. Oh, oh, no, don't do that. No. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Uh, Yes, that's why you're home alone and not taking pictures. Um, Oh, yes, there is. You're absolutely right. There's many, many, many more directions we can go with this conversation, and we probably will. Um, However, today we are going to wrap it up. And um, that kind of goes to nudity, doesn't it? Just wrap it up and we don't have to worry about it. As fast as possible. Please. Do you need a wrap? Oh, yes. Um, (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you, Dean, for... um, for, for enlightening us with really, really very interesting stuff and 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 draining the entire excitement out of the <laughs> out of what should be fundamentally one of one of one of the great human <laughs> excitements or Absolutely. pleasures. You know, the Chinese had a saying. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what and what do they say? Well they say and it really is related tangentially. They say food is the first pleasure. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you think about that. Hmm. They didn't have to say the first pleasure. Right. But they did. They did say that. The first pleasure. So so then the question becomes, what's the second pleasure? (laughs) Is there a question on that? Let's put it this way. The first pleasure you start doing when you're very, very young. And you continue doing until you're very, very old. Well, Freud would say that that's part of the other pleasure, too. Well, that's Freud. (laughs) <laughs> but we yeah and right. sometimes but a cigar is is just, just a cigar, cigar. Right. right so <laughs> um okay wow um <laughs> um i would say thank you again to you dean but i don't dare at this point um for 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 all of that and torin thank you for sharing no your your portions of it my um, pleasure and <laughs> is that your third pleasure or <laughs> pleasure it's my first pleasure. But really, if you assume that the first pleasure is food, if the Chinese are right, yeah. and the second pleasure is sex, okay. there's right. a lot of them, so they may be right on that they, one they, too. It could be, sure. sure. Um, what's the third pleasure? Oh, <laughs> well, I think that'll be, that'll be an assignment that we'll have for our next podcast. Because after the first two, I can't think what's of many others. Pleasure? Kite you, flying? After the... <laughs> Um, or watching people do the other two, maybe, is uh, for all I know. Um, <laughs> At the same time, uh, kind of ex- <laughs> explains the entertainment business, doesn't it? Um, in a lot of ways. Well, I think the classic Greeks and Romans might say um, the pursuit of, and the ancient Hebrews, and maybe most any other learned, uh, any other culture with a learned. Uh, um, Heritage uh, aspect or heritage yes. might say it's the pursuit of knowledge. 
The third pleasure, perhaps. It could be, although you could make the point that the first two are also the pursuit of knowledge in certain ways. Okay. (laughs) 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 And we managed to kill it completely with that. Um, (laughs) So... (laughs) In that case, it's time... I would like all listeners Uh, to submit... Oh no. oh, no. A picture. No, not no, no, no. We already no. went by the picture. I would like them the all to submit uh, what, what they think the third great pleasure is. Okay. Presuming no. that the Chinese expression all is right. correct. All right. And perhaps, you know, if music is the food of love. Now grab the cable on his microphone on. and pull it out, okay? <laughs> so that... I'm trying. I'm yanking. I'm yanking. Okay, no. no. Okay, no, we're man. moving rapidly along. <laughs> My cable. Oh uh, yeah! Cable. Oh, even that. The we're cable. not. We're not oh, touching no. that. Oh, oh no! no. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> okay. Oops. 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 Your, Your culture's showing. Show. Yeah. And maybe more. A lot more, I think, on this <laughs> oh, one. Oh my gosh! Here's one thing I'm going to say, and it's going to make me a little nauseous. <laughs> Smell ya. just want to bother you one last time to say we're a brand new podcast here at Oops Your Culture Showing, and we could really use your help by subscribing to the podcast. And not to mention that if, if you hung around this long and, and you liked what you heard, well, this makes it just easier for you to get the podcast. They'll pop up for you whenever they're released, so you can listen to them on your phone or your computer or however you listen to them. And it's easy to get, too. Just Subscribe using iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from. It really isn't hard, and we could really use your support. So, from all of us here at Oops, Your Culture Showing, thanks. Thanks.